Good afternoon and welcome to This American Podcast. My name is Tony Visick. On ComedySchoolsRadio.com from, oddly enough, the ComedySchools.com studios. So uh, there's some uh, uh, there's there's always some mystery to Phoenix comedy that ComedySchoolsRadio.com is broadcast from the ComedySchools.com studios and Rick Bronson's House of Comedy is owned by Rick Bronson. The question always is, did Rick see the club and go, I must buy it, it has my name on it, and did we move our uh, show into here because... The studio had the same name. That's a great mystery. And we're going to ask Ron Reed, who is sitting across from me, who I've known. Um, uh, I've known we've been comedy friends for maybe 30 years. Probably. Probably 30 years. Uh, he is in studio with us. He's visiting Phoenix. And we went, Ron, if you're here, please come in and share with us. Hello, Ron Reed. Hello, Tony. How are you? I'm goodish. Uh, some things you should know about Ron Reed. Uh, he's a heroin addict and he's killed people. No, what you should know about Ron Reed is that he is the uh, producer of a, uh, of a pretty cool thing um, among many things that you do, uh, the Seattle International Comedy Festival. Competition. Competition. Yeah. yeah. So, and how long, <laughs> how long have you been doing that now? You kids. Uh, um, I've been doing it since, um, since 1994. Since 19, I know that it's a it's a, a, a vast undertaking because uh, I've I've attempted similar things. I did a thing here for a couple of years, and uh, uh, you really have to love comedy and love producing to put one of these things on. Yeah, this uh, our event is um, 23 shows over 26 days in 19 venues. Yeah, so it's a whole a whole month of comedy. Seven thousand people. Came bought tickets. Seven thousand people. Seven thousand people. Seven seven thousand people bought tickets. Bought tickets. How many venues? Nineteen. Nineteen. Twenty 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 three shows. And you do this every year. Every year. My goodness. Nineteen venues. Nineteen venues. Twenty six days. Twenty six days. <laughs> Nine hundred comics. Nine hundred comics. One juggler. <laughs> Three Sixty four funny cars. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but... Uh, How, wh- wh- was this an idea? You're sitting around one day and going, I don't have enough to do? No, actually, it is an outgrowth of, a, of an event called the San Francisco International Comedy Competition, which was founded by John and Ann Fox yeah. in 1970-something. Yeah. Uh, the very first one, they had the very first one, it was held in the basement of a church, and Robin Williams came in second. And that was, that was uh, <laughs> who came in first. Uh, you know what? The uh, I uh, I know uh, nope. Gil Christner, maybe. You know what? The, the odd thing about uh, the odd thing about uh, we, we've got little uh, technical problems going on here. I just straightened it out. There, were, I was hearing like a drum beat, and what it was yeah. was you know what that, I'm not going to tell you. Uh, you know what it was? <laughs> what it was, was it? Uh, my phone charger is is cattywampus. Ah. Okay, it's Dilio got thingabobbed. Get it? Yeah, okay, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, tell yeah. I'm a master electrician. Yeah, yeah. So it was going on. I'm a master of the language as well. So <laughs> <laughs> it was going on and off constantly, and it was causing a little hum. Yeah, a little, hum, uh-huh, a little, a little dynamo uh-huh. hum. Good. good. So it, it became an out, outgrowth. Of it. First off, you never know. In almost all competitions, it never came in first. Um, you do, you do, you just don't know. I mean, here we have we have like the industry comes to scout this. Yeah. So well, network talent execs and agents and managers, and so we always have them come early in it. So they uh, we actually have a night where there's two nights where we have the we have two groups of sixteen comics and we have them back to back nights. So it's the the last the last night of the first group's tour. 
mm-hmm. and the first night of the second group's tour. So that way, the people who are scouting talent can come and see everybody who's in this, not just the winners or the finalists. And uh, that's because everybody's got something to offer. And who wins the contest, not necessarily who NBC is looking for, you know, yeah. for whatever. So. Sure. so it's pretty cool. You, when did you start stand-up comedy? You started... I started, uh, I'm afraid to even say, uh, actually, but I think probably, I I would say that I started chickening out of open mics in 1979. Okay. And uh, where I would go with my notebook, and yeah. I would sign up, and I would sit with my notebook, and then I would uh, go, uh, I can't do it. So that so, got back, back then. So, I mean, that was sort of the beginning, but eventually I... I uh, well, I tell, you, I tell you why I ask is that um, uh, I started doing stand-up comedy in the year of our Lord, 1985. Hey! And uh, I started my first open mic night was the Laugh Factory in the Sunset Strip. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first gig was uh, March of 86 here in Phoenix, opening for Rich Scheidner, Rich Scheidner. who was a, had become a friend of mine, and then I found oh, out he was nice. a comic, uh, which is sometimes the best way to make friends when you meet... People who are in the industry. Sure. I've met musicians and not known they were famous, you know. And yeah. then you know because it, it can it can change it. But then for a lot of years, I um I made I made a, a good deal of my income, a good deal of my touring was in the Pacific Northwest. Yep. And the very first time I went to Seattle, I heard your name, affiliated with a com a club I believe called the Comedy Underground. Underground, Underground. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think you were gracious enough. Um, I know you were gracious enough. I'm ter- I think sometime in the late 80s, I was touring for David Tribble, mm-hmm. and you actually put me on a Sunday night show. Yep. Uh, and that that's how I met you. So yes, I've, known you, yes. I've known you that long. That long, yeah. since late 80s. Yeah. And then I wound up um, I wound up doing the booking for David Tribble, sort of in the heyday yeah. of the Tribble runs. That's and, right. And for, for, for anybody, if anybody's listening, if anybody's out there, uh, there was a, a tremendously long, uh, frequent tour stops in the Pacific Northwest, actually through the, the entire Western United States. That a, an, an agent who originally was located in Seattle moved to Boise, Idaho, and and then I think to Vancouver, Washington, which is a Portland suburb. Yeah. And a guy named David Tribble, and he had these one-nighters. And I, I think at the hey, at the heyday when I was booking those. There were a hundred and four of them. At one time, David had more uh, one-nighters, comedy one-nighters, than anybody in the United States. Yeah, it was a hundred and four. I mean, yeah. seriously, a hundred and four yeah. every week. And a lot, of, a lot of those were every week. So it was having to find people. So we, we would put these little tours together. Sure. Of where there was sometimes you know oh this will you'll do a you know uh, there's a Montana run for example. There uh, certainly was. Where, where um, or several. You know, but the, it's a huge state, it's a, and so so these shows were. Oh, you go to Billings, to Boy, to, to Bozeman, to you know. But they they were th- they were hundreds and hundreds of miles apart. You know, so on paper it looked like a great. Oh, we got a show every night, and we could just drive the next thing. But you know, you'd be seven or eight hours in a car and and staying in a motel with the door handles fell off. And, you know, <laughs> You know, before I got in, in the business side of it in the mid-90s cause I, uh, and, and worked for David, I worked for David, I was maybe the second or third headliner that he ever booked. 
and he booked me off of an audio cassette <laughs> that I had done. In place. Uh, which is what? <laughs> Tony, tell us, tell us, tell it's, everybody it's, what that is. It's an old tell the listeners tape what that is. Thing <laughs> that went round and round. I made it at a place called the Golden Sales in Long Beach. The for, Golden Sales, yeah, for, booked by Scott Shaw. No, it was booked by Danny Mora. Oh, before, so that's right, Danny Mora Danny before Mo- Scott. Danny he, Mora. He was before Scott Shaw. He was before it? Scott Shaw. Oh, okay, and. Um, and I made an audio cassette. I played the Golden Sales. Did you? Sure, sure. Well, you know, it's funny because we mentioned these guys, David Tribble and Danny Moore and these guys. And um, and then Sandy DiPerna on the East Coast. That's right. Uh, they were instrumental. Yes. They were instrumental in keeping this thing going huh. and keeping it alive and, and allowing yeah. people like us to actually make a living doing stand-up. Yes. And you know what's funny is I'll talk to younger guys today and I'll say, well, you know, they used to be like... You could do six months in the Pacific Northwest making 200 bucks a night as a headliner. And go, really? And we would complain about that money. Right. I'm only getting 200 bucks. 20, 20 years ago. Yeah, and I got to drive yeah. myself. Yeah. And on my off night, I get a hotel. Yeah. And you tell people that. Now, I know some kids who just went on tour for free. Yeah, no, For I free. They said, we put, put together their own tour no, for free. Yeah. Yeah, so um, uh, wonderful people. I, uh, not to sound like an old fogey, but I quit my day job when I was doing stand-up. I was uh, making about 600 bucks a month on the side doing stand-up and I go you know if I could make 800 (laughs) (laughs) I could quit my job the day I hit 800 hours doing stand-up I quit my day job and uh, I have regretted it ever since (laughs) have you so I pay my own health insurance do you know what I mean so Uh, it's yeah, yeah. We pay. Uh, by the way, if you're wondering how come you only hear uh, through uh, one headphone, yes. because you only hear through one headphone. Uh, that's, that's, that's you haven't perfect. gone deaf. No, oh, good. Okay, not yet. Okay. Uh, we thank, have, thank goodness. <laughs> I thought I, I thought I was going. We have the highest quality equipment here. <laughs> we do products. We think we have the coolest uh, podcast studio in America. You know, we got some cool stuff up here. Here's I got, cool stuff. Yeah, we got uh, we got uh, Rich Jenny, we got Led Zeppelin, we got Bob Dylan. What Lenny, more do you need? Lenny Bruce, we got Lenny we got, Bruce. We got Lenny Bruce over there. We uh-huh. got the Grateful Dead on the wall. The Grateful Dead on the wall. We will uh, tomorrow night. We will not be here. We will be in Los Angeles <sighs> seeing the Grateful Dead. Ooh! So uh, wow. Were you ever? Did you ever follow a band? Did you I ever? did. Ne- I never followed a band. You never? No. 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 Duke Ellington. I, no. Nope. I no. lo- I I actually uh, love Duke Ellington. Or. Uh, I did until I found out how he cheated Billy Strayhorn. But <laughs> aside from that, uh, it was very disappointing, although I believe that's all been uh, settled. But <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, mean, I, never, I never followed a band. So you're a dead, are you a deadhead? Would you consider that? I, I'm a deadhead. I was never insane about it. Like, uh, as a matter of fact, I used to see... Are you a, a fish fan now? Are you no. A fi- no. No. A lot I, of deadheads are fish yeah, they are people, but I, I consider them apostates. So uh, uh, I, I saw my first dead show in 1970. My parents wow. drove me and dropped me off. They had wow. no idea what they were doing, nor did I. Yes. Um, uh, and I started following them. But stand-up comedy, and I, I never was one of those guys going, I'm taking a year off to follow the dead. But stand-up comedy kind of changed things up where um, I wasn't. I started making a living supporting a family. Telling jokes. I, I always, and I think this is one of the things, and tell me if you agree with me on this, because we both work also in comedy development now. The idea that you can have an idea in your head and then put that idea on paper and then say the, the idea through a microphone. Mm-hmm. And if you've got an, enough of those ideas put together, people will give you money. I find to be one of the most fascinating parts of the American experiment yeah. in the history of the world. It's a good way of, it's an interesting way of breaking it down. It's absolutely true. You know, and in yep. no other time or place except the 20th century and 21st century America, 
is this a concept that would remotely be feasible? So it's a wonderful it's a wonderful thing. The thing was, if I was taking time off to see the dead, I wasn't working. Right. So and and I got a little cynical about it one time. I go, Garcia's not taking off to see me at Chaplin's this week. So uh, uh, I I saw them less and less in the eighties and nineties, some quite a bit. But yeah, I'm a deadhead. I'm a deadhead. I've just I was never. You won't find me in a parking lot selling bean pies or whatever. <laughs> you, and uh, uh, we we saw them in San Francisco this summer. Uh, my wife and I, it was her first show. Uh-huh. Uh, I took my brother to his first show. He's a deadhead. And I took my wife, and I'm taking my daughter tomorrow night. I was going to take her in the 90s, but uh, when Jerry <coughs> died, and they didn't tour for a long time. Mm. And she's a grown-up lady now. So uh, Have you seen that documentary, The Other One? Do you know what I'm talking about? There's no. a Netflix. A Netflix no. uh, it's a Netflix documentary. It's about uh, Bob Weir. Okay. And it's called The Other One. Okay, and uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. You should see it. I will see. We, you know, we we don't have Netflix. We 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 we're we're, we're having a. You don't uh, have Netflix. Uh, yes, I don't. Are you, are you not an American? <laughs> what are you? What? I have. I have. I still have. I have cable, and I pay a lot of money for cable. I just renegotiated my cable deal. That's how much cable costs nowadays. I know. That yeah, you have to I, renegotiate. At the deal. end of the year, I called up my cable company and said, "Either you give me a different rate, or I'm going to go with this other cable company." Yeah. I, re, I, I you know I said the money's changed, so um, um, so because I spend so much money on cable, I hold I'm, I'm like that. I, I go if we're spending so much money on cable, I'm not getting Netflix. If I've got Pandora, I'm not getting satellite. We have satellite, one car. We need satellite. I'm like that. That's how I am. <laughs> That's how we're able to ex- to be able to afford these beautiful digs here. Mm-hmm. Well, I was so, wondering. I was so, wondering how you manage that. But now I feel te- <laughs> I feel terrible about the fact that I. Uh, my brother has Netflix, and I was there visiting him. I, I, it was nothing but documentaries on Netflix. There's a lot of documentaries. That's all it is. Which yeah. a documentary on Ginger Baker? There is a documentary on Ginger Baker. There's one on Keith Richard. Yeah. Uh, Richards, Keith Richards, and uh, there's a great one on Nina Simone that has been nominated for a Grammy. It's called. See, I would yeah, like to see that. Yeah, it's really good. So if you do get Netflix, or if you borrow your brother's Netflix login, I didn't tell you that. But uh, <laughs> we, we haven't we haven't done. I, I've gotten weird as I've gotten mm-hmm. older, yeah. where I think things come out of my mouth like that ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> and people go, "Is that you, Tone?" Yeah, I go, "Yeah." yeah. I say, that ain't right. You know, I, I ain't gonna steal <laughs> someone's Netflix. Uh, so, um, but what is your password? <laughs> so, no, what are you doing in totally. Phoenix? You're here. Um, I'm here. I have uh, uh, my. Um, I have. Uh, I'm. A, I, I went. I'm not exactly a newlywed, but I uh, two years ago got remarried as did we oh yeah, congratulations yeah, yeah about when, two and a half years ago yeah. our, uh, us too what's your anniversary august it's in august oh ours, mine's in august get out of town yeah it's august 11th what's yours uh, what is ours third. the third yeah. i knew that i want to see if she oh my knew. god yeah so yeah so um and we uh we uh both have uh, adult children and uh so um she has a daughter here so my stepdaughter is here and uh, has a child, and uh, so we have a grandson here in Phoenix. So that's why we're here visiting. Well, fantastic! You know, wh- I have. I'm. I'm blessed. I am blessed. I'm blessed with uh, two grandchildren through her daughters. Oh, nice! You know, the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a four-year-old grandson. Now, we have. We have all daughters, and um, the other two have not given any indication that they uh, intend to ever have children. So this is. Possibly our only grandchild. So uh, you never know. My, you know, you my, never know. My, yeah, my daughter's twenty-five, and she goes, "You know, I'm glad that 
Shirley's daughter's had kids because now you'll just. That's what my daughter said. Leave me alone. <laughs> that's what my daughter's twenty six. She said exactly the same thing. So that's. Uh, she goes. I'm not. Yeah, I'm yeah. not in any rush here. Yeah. If you want to be a young grandpa, that's too late anyway. Yeah. But uh, if you want to be a younger grandpa, that you know, it's good. It worked out like that. Well, it's fantastic, man. So uh, that's what that's what brings us to Phoenix. We're a little just. It's uh, for those of you who are not in Phoenix. It is quite. It's chilly, this week. Yes. And uh, it's a good thing we brought our Seattle, clothing with us. I have a parka. Oh, it's in the car. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? People in Phoenix love that we're going. We're we're pissed, you know, because it's cold in Seattle, and we came to we go. Oh, we're going to Phoenix, you know, and 